0: Kia ora my and welcome to Te Waunui a Te Manu i I'm Lee Marama McLaughlin. Today, police actions questioned, Māori water rights and would you live in a Māori language district? But first, the Māori Education Trust has had to sell its only assets, its farms, putting at risk the grants it's required to make to Māori students. Its allocated education grants since 1961 because of the generosity of a number of private bequests. But after a series of poor management decisions, its financial position is weak. Mihingarangi Forbes reports.
1: The financial history of the Māori Education Trust is a mess. Unfinished audits, government bailouts and failed business ventures have put the Trust in a difficult position. Adding to this, official information documents show last year and as far back as 2010, the Trust underspent, meaning Māori students missed out on grants. The President of the Māori Students Association at Auckland University, Jerry Daniels, says the Trust's job is simple, to allocate grants.
2: It's rather disappointing to hear that, you know, their whole the whole job that they're supposed to be doing, which is, you know, reading an application and saying yes or no to it and then giving the money out and they can't even do that properly. I think that the trustees need to be honest with themselves. At the end of the day I feel like when I read stuff like that that they're looking at self preservation rather than the actual purpose that they're in these positions, which is to benefit Maori students. If it's poor management then the management needs to change, it's as simple as that for me.
1: Yesterday, the board of the Māori Education Trust appeared before the Māori Select Committee in a closed session. Afterwards, I asked Trustee Broman Yates why the Trust had failed to give Māori students the full potential of grants. Well, we're giving the full
0: allocation this year, £1.2 this year, £1.19 in scholarships this year. Why has it happened in the past?
1: As you know, we have had issues. We're sorting them from next year on. We should be at least allocating $1.2 million worth. Adding to the non-allocation of grants, financial statements show that from 2011 through to 2013, the organisation paid nearly $700,000 in wages for just three staff members. I asked Broman Yates why the wages and salaries bill was so high for those years. How about you
3: give me um, an email and I'll get
1: back to you. No, because I'd really like to ask you here. I've come all the way to Select Committee to ask you those questions about why that might be the case. So I'm
0: being told I need to move. In 2009,
1: a year after Sir Peter Sharples left the Trust as a trustee and became the Minister of Māori Affairs, the Trust asked for a $1.5 million loan. An advisor was appointed and a recovery package put in place. Jerry Daniel says it's hard enough dealing with study, let alone the financial burden associated with being a student. Any extra money helps.
2: All that extra money that could potentially come from MET could alleviate a lot of stress on students on top of the studies, and that's just the finance stuff, you know, and then you've got to study on top of that. So, I mean, if the money was there for students, then why isn't it going to students, really? And even, um, you know, the whole marketing of it, all. I could probably guarantee you that at least 80% of them don't know anything about all the scholarships.
1: And in May this year, the Māori Education Trust sold a farm which had been gifted for the purpose of Māori education. The farm was sold to Taranaki farmers, despite Ngāti Kahungunu offering to buy it with their treaty settlement. The sale resulted in a land occupation, and Crown negotiators were brought in to organise a buyback for the iwi. After selling another farm earlier, it leaves the Trust with no fixed assets. Again, I asked Broman Yates about the state of the Trust. Do you think Māori students yeah. deserve a little bit better from a, 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 a governance Board that governs their taona?
3: I'm going to leave it at that yeah. for now, but thank you for your time.
1: Yeah. The former Chairperson, Bill Tehuya hamilton has recently left the Māori Education Trust and baden Barber has joined the Board. This is Mihinga Rangi Forbes.
0: Justice Joe Williams is calling for the creation of places or districts dedicated to speaking te reo Māori. Monday marked 44 years since the first Māori Language Day, which spurred a petition a year later that led to te reo being taught in schools. The Te Reo Society was established in 1970 and by the next year it, along with Ngā Tamatoa and Te Huinga Rangatahi, had pushed for the first Māori Language Day. A founding member of the society, Lee Smith, says they then set their sights higher.
4: That whole year from 71 to 72 and the actual presentation of the petition was devoted to collecting signatures up and down the motu, And and all the petition was saying was um, we are petitioning the Crown to offer Māori language courses in New Zealand schools for those who want it.
0: The petition gathered 30,000 signatures and compelled the new government in 1972 to introduce the teaching of Te Reo Māori in primary and secondary schools. By 1975 Māori Language Day had been extended to a week. The Prime Minister John Key earlier this year dismissed an idea by a student that Māori Language Week be extended to a month. But Justice Joe Williams, who served as Chief Judge of the Māori Land Court and as Chairman of the Waitangi Tribunal, says the focus should shift to Māori-language places
2: places throughout New Zealand where the Māori language is seen as a regular part of community intercourse, and community discussion, so the bilingual signs would be expected, families would be supported to speak in Māori uh, in their homes, and the language would be valued in districts.
0: Justice Williams says Crown initiatives to revitalise te reo have failed and says it's up to iwi.
2: Examples that have borne Extraordinary fruit have been examples that began amongst Māori communities and then got supported and funded by government in due course. Whether you talk about Kohanga reo, Kura Kaupapa, the Wānanga Māori movement, whether you talk about uh, Māori radio stations and even Māori television.
0: The tūmuaki of Te Taurawuri Te Reo Māori, ngahiwi says it's their job to help.
2: We're looking at great ideas that are coming from the community and great initiatives that are coming from the community and supporting those to ensure that we're getting the right traction. The obvious issue for us, I think, and for for iwi too, is the red tape. And so we're looking at what we're doing within the whare here to ensure that iwi are consumed with the task that they have to do rather than with our red tape.
0: Lee Smith says he's concerned that these days most learners think the language used by Māori broadcasters is the epitome of te reo Māori.
4: By saying, saying, hang on, um, look at our own old people, look at the kaumātua and Queer who have such a diversity, a range of styles of speaking language, so it's not only an academic um, or news genre sort of Māori language, and they've got heaps of experience to draw upon, and I do think that they are underutilised.
0: Both Lee Smith and Justice Williams spoke at a public discussion for Te Taurawuri Te Reo Māori... Fakatani man at the wheel of the vehicle where his 10-year-old daughter was accidentally pepper sprayed has appeared at Fakatani District Court. Jack Kida pleaded not guilty to four charges, including resisting arrest, failing to provide details, and two counts of aggravated assault against police officers. But it's the statement of another person at the scene which his family is now focusing on. Mahingaangi Forbes again with this report.
1: Caregiver Rauppiki Rogers and her son were pulled over by police last Friday, directly behind Jack Kera, who was travelling with his wife Te Tepu and their daughter Amy. They witnessed much of the confrontation, which led to 10-year-old Amy being pepper sprayed. Ms Rogers says she'll never forget the scene that day. I
5: went around the truck because I knew where the screaming was coming from. So I went up the driveway, there was a cop there with a pot, he had thrown water onto the girl. Uh, very, very bad. She was just hysterical. Face was red, she couldn't even see, she's running around like that ah, was ugly.
1: Police have apologised for pepper spraying the girl who was caught in the crossfire. Pickie Rogers has made a complaint to the Independent Police Conduct Authority not for what she witnessed, but for what happened to her. She was travelling with her adult son, who police say wasn't wearing a seatbelt.
5: At the end of the day, it was the way we were treated. Like, the police that pulled me over, my son had a seatbelt on, and he just went on and on and on. He kept on threatening us, saying, I'll lock you up, and I'm freaking out because it's my son. But he just was not willing to listen to anything. Even when I spoke, he kept
1: on cutting me out. While police were processing her licence, The pepper-spraying arrest erupted in front of them. Ms Rogers offered to take Amy Tepu to hospital because both of her parents were being detained, but was told by police to leave. She did and went directly to the Fakatani police station to lay a complaint. But rather than take her details, the receptionist fetched the officer she was complaining about. Ms Rogers claims he again behaved poorly.
5: He just said, what are you friends doing here? And I said, we shouldn't be talking to you because we're complaining about you. And he said, just pass off, get out before I lock you two up. And I just looked at him and I said, can we, and he goes, I said, get out. He kept on saying that.
1: Neither the Rogers family nor the Tiapu's know each other, but they're both originally from Ruatuki, Tatuhoe. Wairiki MP and co-leader of the Māori Party, Te Ururo-Flavel, has received Ms Rogers' complaint and is looking into it.
5: I'll probably need to be in touch with uh, the police to find out and get to the bottom of some of those issues. They don't bode well and certainly uh, are not in the spirit of the agreement that was held between the Tuhoi and and, and the police. And I think there'll be some concerns around that, but best to get some information, see where things go and, and, um, and go from there.
1: Last year, the Police Commissioner, Mike Bush, apologised to iwi for a terror raid on the town of Ruatoki in 2007. Commissioner Bush said last year the relationship between Hoi people and the police had been significantly damaged in relationship building was needed. I asked Minister Flavel what those relationship building initiatives had been.
5: Well I know there's been a, a couple of visits from the police into the valley. I know that they've also brought a couple of busloads of the Tūhoe Tamoriki down to Parliament to try and bridge some of those gaps. Other, other than that I think they've attempted to keep a, a far better line uh, with um, some of the people within the community um, and establish good communication links. But um, you know, from time to time issues might happen so we need to get, the, get to the bottom of what you've been telling me about.
1: Radio New Zealand also asked the police about the initiatives, but they haven't provided any information. Ropiki Rogers fears she's now a police target.
5: Every time I see a police since then, I'm just like looking at them thinking, oh, they're going to turn around. I don't know, I'm just scared for my son. I'm even scared when I'm at work and my son's at home. He might be 22 and I'm scared for him because they can't just come over. It's just all these things are just flooding in my head. It's like far out. Now I don't want to go to work because I want to make sure he's safe. How I'm feeling since Friday, it's not me.
1: Police have confirmed the IPCA has received a complaint and won't comment further while it's been investigated. Jack Kira will stand trial by jury for the charges of resisting arrest and assaulting police officers in six weeks' time. This is Mihingarangi Forbes. <laughs>
0: Te te Aotearoa, You're listening to Te, te on Radio New Zealand National. Water experts have been told that a critical challenge facing this country is that the governance and management of fresh water must recognise Maori interests. The comment came from a member of the Iwi Leaders Forum, the chair of the Waikato Tainui executive, Rahui Papa, to the Water New Zealand conference held in Hamilton. Andrew McRae was there.
4: Rahui Papa told the conference that Wai is an inseparable part of whakapapa and identity for Māori, and it's inextricably bound. He says the future health and well-being of lakes, rivers and streams is of the utmost importance to iwi. Mr. Papa says the Crown and Iwi have agreed on a process to resolve the issue because it can't be ignored. The ILG,
2: or Iwi Leadership Group, firmly believe that the direct engagement with the Prime Minister and
4: senior government ministers will deliver the most beneficial outcome at this time. We strongly believe that seeking to resolve these issues through the courts should only be a pathway of last resort. Rahui Papa also says the current freshwater management framework fails to recognize and provide for Māori rights interests and responsibilities in relation to freshwater. Julian Williams works for the Waikato Tainui Environment Unit. He says the move away from local decision making on freshwater issues to nationally based on treaty rights recognizes iwi as a full partner with the Crown. Mr Williams says for Waikato Tainui The definition of ownership and control of the Waikato River is clear.
6: The way we describe it is that as a responsibility she is ours, she is mine to look after, she is mine to care for and she owns us. So ownership in that sense um, to us means that she is ours and we are hers. We just need to use tools that we have now to get greater recognition around decision making.
4: He says the foundation for any framework for freshwater management must be based on the treaty and recognising the relationship between iwi, hapu, and marae to their waterways.
6: This relationship we're trying to establish, we're working on the crown with, will not usurp the mana of any other tribal hapu. This is trying to get everyone into the same playing, the same level of discussions. Um, How can we learn from each other and get everyone to start on the same level so that our whānau that are negotiating settlements don't have to waste negotiation cards? on things they should naturally be entitled to.
4: Ricky Ellison represents Naitahu. He says most people have a simple request when it comes to fresh water. Everybody wants to be able to swim in their rivers. We want to be able to go down and catch a trout or white bait or whatever your mahinga kai, your traditional foods are. You know, when, you, when we go out there and we talk to the community, that's the sort of discussion they want to engage in. We want to be able to swim. We want our kids to go down the river and not be in danger when they actually jump in rather than just paddle on the side in their gumboots. He says we just want a fair share of fresh water. We're not saying we want everything, but we want a fair share of what that water is, similar to what we did with fisheries, we've done with aquaculture. It's about creating the certainty that everybody needs for that industry to move forward. Two series of regional hui on fresh water have been held, and a third's being planned for November. For Checkpoint, Corps Andrew McRae Tēnē.
0: Porirua hit the headlines recently with a public outcry against the council imposing regulations on car washing to prevent contamination of the stormwater network. But for the local iwi Ngāti Toa, concerns about water quality run deep and it says it can only hope that a committee that's looking at the issues can help restore the harbour to its former glory. Joe O'Brien reports.
3: For Ngāti Toa, Te Awarua or Parirua used to be the place where their parents and grandparents went to get kaimoana, fish, swim and enjoy life. But the iwi's representative on the Te Awarua or Parirua Whaitua Committee, Charlie Morrison, says they haven't been able to do that since the 1960s when urban and industrial development left the harbour polluted and unhealthy. Well, I think it just
2: breaks their heart
5: because it's just, Never, never going to have again. It's not just gathering kaimawana, it's everything about the harbour.
2: You know, it's our taonga, and it's not in a good place.
3: The Porirua Committee is one of several catchment committees of community representatives set up by the Greater Wellington Regional Council to respond to the Government's National Policy Statement on Freshwater Management. The committee's chair, Stu Farrant, says the impact on public health of wastewater overflows into the harbour through the stormwater network is another issue of concern to iwi and the wider community.
2: Particularly at those recreational beaches and also things like the Waka Armour and, and so forth within the harbour where people are having that, that um, secondary contact with water and seeing that wounds are not really healing particularly well in things.
3: Stu Farrant says the committee has been gathering information and will soon begin consulting with the community about what it wants to see done to improve freshwater quality in the catchment. Bronwyn Crop, Porirua City Council's representative on the committee, says small behavioural changes, such as banning contaminants from car washes directly entering the stormwater system, can make a big difference. She says surveys show there's a need to better inform the public about the issues and the committee can play a part in that.
5: 65% of people in the last survey didn't realise that the drains in the street go directly into the harbour. So our stormwater goes directly into the water body without being treated and when only... 65% 65% of people know this, that shows us that we definitely
3: need more education. Nāti Toa representative Charlie Morrison says she'd like everybody to think about what they do before they put anything down a sink or a drain.
5: People need to all become a little bit more aware of what our harbour is and what it means. Some people say it's the jewel in our crown, it's, it's our life force. It'd be lovely to see people using our harbour more, really enjoying the harbour, but that's a long time
3: away. Committee Chair Stu Farrant says the harbour is not in good shape and the community will have to weigh up the costs and benefits of simple behavioural changes, such as car washing with care, and the expense of steps such as retrofitting stormwater treatment and improving the wastewater system. He says the committee will set water management targets that will go into the regional plan. Ko Joe O'Brien tine. That's
0: to te Aonuiya Te Manu for this week. I'm Lee Mariman McLaughlin. You can find this program on the Radio New Zealand website, just search for Te Manu kōruhi. And from the Manu Korahi team, Kia to te mauri.